Of the Push to Shout podcast. I'm your host this week, Jelkin Powder. I'm Skippy. And we are excited to celebrate. In the Push to Shout community, the Push to Shout family is celebrating its first birthday. A family. Um, the anniversary of your two gay dads. We're talking Powder <laughs> and Skippy Sigmatic getting together. Hi. We got a great show for you tonight. Um, well, Skippy does because I haven't been playing many video games. Um, but my news from my world is that I'll be opening for BJ Novak from The Office this weekend. Um, That's pretty crazy. My, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really excited. I really hope I don't fuck it up. But uh, that's, yeah, I've just been rehearsing like mad. I really hope this goes well. Um, it's a cool opportunity. It, uh, to be clear, you've got your, it's a skit group. It's yeah, a, yeah, sketch. it's a sketch comedy. So it's not just me, but um, yeah. not doing stand up. So I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I wanted you know, to see your. Uh, I wanted to yeah. see your uh, your show. I haven't done stand up, but I don't know. I've, I've always been, thought about trying out. I've been thinking up. of trying it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I I'm so see... afraid of bombing though. That would be so awful. <laughs> oh yeah, we've. I mean, we've bombed sketches. That's yeah. that happens. At least the then first... you're like sharing it with someone else. Yeah, you can yeah. distribute the. The first sketch. It's, I mean, this is video games, but whatever. Uh, the cares? first sketch I ever wrote. It was called Parenting, and uh, it was of parents bringing their baby in. We had a baby doll in to see a, like a parenting counselor, and they're describing how they raised this child, and they let it like crawl around outside looking for raw meat to eat in the street. <laughs> uh, they right. Their idea of baby-proofing is deliberately sharpening every surface in the, in the, in the apartment, and the playpen is like a blender, and then we feed it like whiskey on stage, and there's like crying sound effects, and we throw it around, and it was all. Anyway, it bombed the first night. People were like <laughs> legitimately horrified that we were doing this, and I was like, "Oh shit!" It was like the worst feeling because that was the first sketch that I wrote. But then the next night, they loved it. So it's yeah. just it's so volatile. I I would be scared to do that when it was just me doing stand up. Yeah, because yeah. it would be all on you. Oh. Anyway, all right. Video games. Video What's games. Up? Uh, well, uh, shit. I just got done playing Battlefront. Uh, I played probably about an hour, hour and a half of it. The beta. Uh, they started the beta. It's really a demo. It's not a beta, but they started that a few days ago, and I finally got around to playing it. Um, it's about what I expected. It's it. It is a very high quality game. It is a very well built video game uh it's got pretty incredible graphics it runs very well and it's a little bit like soulless i guess or just like i don't know i i I can't see myself playing a lot of it i'm kind of enjoying playing it it's kind of like any of the other recent battlefield games like the gameplay isn't that similar to the recent battlefield games but the effect is of just like all right i'm in this battle I'm gonna go shoot shoot the, shoot the bad dudes and and everything's so chaotic that you can't really follow what's going on and I don't know there's a, there's some appeal to that but most of the time the only time I'm having fun in that is standing back and sniping people which I feel like a piece of shit for doing but it is it is the only way I can have fun with that game um, but it's, now oh sorry go ahead 
it's it does have i'll just i'll list off some positives and some negatives and i'll start with the positives uh uh one of my favorite things about the game is that it's it's arcadey it has it's it is not at all like the battlefield games or call of duty or any of these recent shooter games that are realistic or or they it just doesn't have that feel at all it's it's you you're accurate when you're not zoomed in uh you can run and shoot like without that. without a lack of accuracy uh there's basically no recoil on any of the guns and and also the guns don't have attachments or any of that bullshit you just choose a gun and it's got little meters for like damage rate of fire range it's it's got like four four meters for for the guns and they're all balanced and uh and you unlock uh i guess abilities you would call them by by basically gaining exp points that you spend and you can put them in one of three slots so you can have like gr- a grenade and jetpack and like a sniper rifle was like one of the abilities so you, you trigger that ability you pull out your sniper rifle and you get one shot with it and then you go back to your primary weapon and it re- recharges and it recharges pretty quick um, but i thought that was kind of an interesting way to do sniping um so i i like that about it i think it's really cool i think it's it's kind of brave of them to do that arcadey kind of feel in in today's shooter market i guess uh they also have like power up pickups so like a lot of the a lot of the abilities are not uh infinite ammo and you have to pick up ammo for them i guess but instead of just being ammo on the ground it's like a little circling like a circling lightning bolt just floating in the air just like you would see in like 1990s twisted metal or some shit like it's it's really 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 old video gamey looking and i i like that it's cool that they just decided to do that um yeah i didn't get to experience it that sounds cool i'm glad that it's that way instead of how it easily could have been yeah we all thought it was going to be battlefield star wars yeah and it's it is it's definitely built on the battlefield template but it's not it's not battlefield but i didn't actually get to play it because uh well i guess i still could have but i was just too pissed off so i uh went in to my origin i had to download it because you know i don't play ea games for the most part yeah and um i go to log in with my old account and it was an old old account with a name i didn't like and uh i tried to change my id and it asked me a security question who is your favorite pet and I typed in every pet that I've ever had, and every like possible pet, like generic categories: dogs, fish, otters, um, <laughs> like ants. I I tried every possible animal, and then I even tried putting my brother's name in, Jack. <laughs> Just it, nothing. It wouldn't let. I have no idea what that answer is. And so then I tried to make a Brutalcom Powder origin account, and somebody had fucking already done it. Yeah. Someone took Skippy Sigmatic because I tried to change my name too because it's it's the same. They only recently allowed you the ability to change your name, and uh, and I should have gone in there right when they did that because someone took Skippy Sigmatic. So now I'm like Skippy Sig or something. Fuck! I was I was pissed. I I just didn't make an account after that. I just didn't play. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my origin story. Well, you should play. It's 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 worth checking out. It's just cool. I it sounds cool. The main no, problem I is. Will. It's gonna. It's definitely not gonna have a ton of content when it releases because that's how Dice works. They're gonna release half the game or less than half the game, and then release the other half over the course of a year through DLC that you have to pay an extra fifty dollars for. And so I don't want to pay one hundred and ten dollars to 
to play the Star Wars game that is just kind of okay. Um, but it's it's neat. I think I think it'll be really successful, and and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just not necessarily my kind of game. You know, it's like Call of Duty is like a well made game, but I don't enjoy playing yeah. it. You know, and and that's kind of how I feel about this. Um, it it feels you don't enjoy playing it. I. I don't enjoy playing it. I feel like the the way that it, I say the way it's intended to play. I don't. There's very maybe this is the point of these kinds of games, but it, I, there's only very specific ways of playing it that I enjoy. Like I, I can't just sprint in and shoot everything. I have to like stay at a distance and be a little piece of shit, like nitpicking off people with low health and stuff like that. And that's actually fun. But again, that's how like that's people who do that are the people I hate in games, and so I feel I feel guilty <laughs> like sniping and stuff, but. At the same time, who gives a shit? Is uh, that like clearly the most effective thing to do, or is it just what you've kind of fallen into? I, it like won't. It, well, part of the reason it's shitty is it. I, I don't know. Maybe it helps does it team feel a like bit, a but... clearly dominant strategy, or is it kind of just what you liked? I would have to play more of the game to find out. I was expecting there to be like classes. I guess like I was expecting like you choose like a heavy stormtrooper who has a big gun and can take a lot of hits or something like that. But instead, it doesn't seem like there's classes. It's just build your own thing. And uh, and okay. so, it, like, running into the heat of the battle just feels like, at least for me, I just get shot down instantly. Uh, but a lot of people are doing that and, I guess, having fun doing it. Or maybe they're better at it. Or maybe they've just unlocked stuff. Like, there's a shield that you can unlock that takes a lot of hits before it goes away. And so, you know, if you if you unlock that and you activate it, you could probably get away with doing stupid shit. Uh but uh, the thing that I like, the thing that I hate about the other Battlefield games, the other Battlefield, the Battlefield series of 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 late, is that there's so much shit that you can unlock and customize and use that I never know what's going on on the battlefield at all. I never know like what weapon am I am I fighting against here? If I'm in a tank and I hear the lock on signal, is it a javelin? Is it going to come from above? Is it a helicopter locking onto me or a jet or some guy with a rocket launcher or what i have no idea what's going on that's kind of weird considering how good dice is at sound design well yeah the, but the thing is the and, and battlefront has great sound sound design too but uh the thing about battlefield is just that like there's just so much shit going on that doesn't like you just don't get that that feedback that you can focus on it's just chaos and and that's part of the appeal of their games but i remember like playing battlefield 2 and being able to kind of like walk around the outside edges of the map and sneak around you know and not have people see you and and play it really slowly and now it's like everything's happening really fast the rounds last like 10 minutes and and everything's just going crazy the whole time and i, I feel like they should scale back on that make it a little sl- more slow paced and then the you know the crazy battles will still happen like there'll still be you know uh bottlenecks and stuff but that'll be more novel because they won't ha- be happening constantly thing is there's just constant crazy battles going on and it it just that that doesn't it doesn't flow right to me uh and there's some other just weird stuff about battlefront like uh there's no spawn points you just spawn and hope that you spawn somewhere good i guess mm-hmm. Uh, like the, I guess it determines a front line and, and and where you spawn based on that, but it's kind of like Call of Duty style, where it's just like you're on the map and you don't know where exactly where you're going to be. Sometimes you spawn in front of an enemy too, which 
just blows my mind in 2015. That's very well, especially for a game like that when the battlefield is so huge. Yeah, but well, the battlefields aren't huge. At least in the demo, is there's, it not? There's a 10v10 and there's a let's see, there's a 10v10 and 20 versus 20, I think. And uh, neither of the maps. I mean, the 20 versus 20 is on Hoth and it's big, but the the actual section of the map that's being played at any given time isn't the most of the map. You know, it's it's it kind of the front line pushes down a, a kind of a linear path. And so the map doesn't feel all that huge. It, they kind of went for like, I guess a bad company feel if you're familiar with the bad company games and like how you have to like capture different objectives and it's a linear path. It's, it's like that, but bad company still had pretty big maps with a lot of detail to them where you could get around and, and not necessarily be constantly engaging the enemy, but it doesn't feel that way in battlefront at all. And that could just be, you know, it's this, these beta maps and that's how they're built. But I feel like that's going to be standard. Um, also the weirdest thing to me. So like it, it does a really great job of feeling like star Wars. Uh, the first thing that I played was the wave defense mode, which you can actually play like as a single player thing. And it has like a cutscene and stuff that is begins it, it, which is weird. Horde mode. Yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, just waves of enemies, and um, and it, you, you, you're down on Tatooine, and Admiral Akbar appears in a little video feed thing and says, "You have to defend the pods." The pause must be defended and the Imperial soldiers are on their way. And it sounds exactly like Admiral Ackbar and everything sounds very Star Wars and looks very Star Wars. They've nailed it. It's awesome. They've nailed it. Yeah. Now, now for something sexist. Oh, boy. So there's men and women, and I think you just kind of randomly get either a female or a male character. And for the Rebels, that's fine and it fits and it's natural. But the Imperial, 50% of the Imperial soldiers are females. And um, it feels really like I didn't think it would they, bother me that much. Aren't but they all clones? First of all, of the well, same. I don't know. I, I isn't that the point? I don't know if Whatever. I want to go down that rabbit hole because there's a lot of discussion on as to like how well, the yeah, clone yeah. goes to the Empire and stuff. But um, but they're all dudes in the movies and. They, now they're fifty percent women, and it just sounds weird to hear a female voice coming out of a stormtrooper. And it's not like the stormtroopers look any different or anything. It's just there's a stormtrooper, and then they they're like, "All right, let's go get him!" And it's like, "What? Whoa!" And it just it doesn't fit at all. And I also don't think there'd be anything wrong with saying, "Oh yeah, the Empire is is sexist and doesn't and only has males in there." That'd be funny. Yeah, it was, but. Anyway, I, I didn't think it would bother me that much, but it instantly bothered me because what I started finding myself doing is when I'd hear a female voice, I would think it was a rebel. And so playing with, at the, as the Empire, I'd hear the female and I'd go, oh, it's a rebel. And I'd go just like naturally, like not consciously thinking of it, just doing that. And then I would and then I started realizing, no, wait, these are my teammates or myself. And it's, it's, it's your deeply internalized. It's, sexism it's, it is it's internalized. It's rearing it's, its ugly. Society head. has taught me to uh, to think these, this way and it's awful. But yeah, that. That actually, like, I was surprised at how how out, especially when everything else about the game feels exactly like the movies. That just totally sticks out like a sore thumb. I, I, it, it was really weird, um, but yeah, it's it's cool. It's I'm I'm glad that that's a thing. I think making a modern Battlefront game is a hell of a challenge, and and they've they've done a pretty good job, I think, uh, because making it exactly like the old Battlefront games, even though that's what all the fans think. I don't think that would work. I just, 
I going back and playing Battlefront today, I would probably like online and everything. I probably wouldn't have as much fun as I did as a kid when it was, you know, the standard of the time. Right. Uh, everyone has nostalgia goggles when it comes to that thing. But yeah, that's that's Battlefront. That's well, there it. you have it, folks. Uh, I did play one video game. Yay! Change gears. Uh, it was right after the podcast last week, wasn't it? Soma. Or maybe it wasn't. It might have been. Whatever. Yeah, Soma was was that night. Yeah. Yeah. So I played Soma Soma, and I didn't. Soma Soma. I didn't like it. It was boring. <laughs> I warned you of this. It was a boring game. Uh, it th- okay. So the voice acting, the most striking thing is how bad <laughs> the voice acting is, and they're constantly talking. Uh, it's very distracting. <laughs> it's it's hard to get over because. The protagonist is just constantly running his trap about everything he sees and does. And there was one part where you get like this PDA thing and you're supposed to put it in the console. And it was very obvious that that's what you're supposed to do. Because when you examine it first, it says, oh, you need a PDA to put in here, you know. And you go and find it and you bring it back. And then he says out loud, like... Oh, I better put this in there. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, it's and it's not. It's the fact that his voice is that way. It's that. Yeah. It's. Not I better like, put this in there. It's just such a weird. Like every delivery is is weird and off and just. There's ugh. there's ways to do characters who talk all the time. I mean, it's been done well. Um, amnesia, I'd say, isn't great in that way, but it's tolerable. It's not yeah. distracting. Because part of it might be the accents, maybe uh, that that lends it some credibility, but it's just very off. It feels like people reading lines, and that kind of it should it shouldn't it feels like it shouldn't be this big a deal to me. But the whole appeal of a game like this, to me at least, is to immerse yourself in it. Yeah. That you'll turn off the lights. And you'll be spooked, and it'll be fun because you're letting yourself get lost in the experience. But it it keeps you at arm's length with that voice acting. It's it's not pretty. And some of the stuff in the game was cool. I liked the design of that first monster that was lumbering around. That was cool. But for some reason, it looks worse than Amnesia, and I'm not quite <laughs> sure why. I, it, it could be that it's the design is different, the art direction, and maybe it, its shortcomings are more obvious. Amnesia is very dark, obviously, and uses kind of simple textures, but it works, and it feels like a like a spooky castle. This, I don't know. It it felt like a game like this needed a huge budget like hyper realism pt level of detail like and but you're not going to get that here it feels like a designed video game it the the locations themselves weren't um they didn't feel real which a game like this needs to to nail so i'm i'm not i have basically zero motivation to go back and and finish it yeah, that's about what I expected from that. I, I just seeing the gameplay of it just didn't impress me at all. And and I, I've I've been struggling. I never got into Amnesia either. But uh, and I don't think it. I I think you're right about Amnesia. Just 
first of all, you think you remember it looking better because I bet if you looked at it now, you know, it's, it's several years old at this point. Uh, but it was so dark that you couldn't really see much of it in detail. And that, that helped it a lot, but yeah. And another thing, and maybe I just didn't get far enough, but I doubt it because very quickly in Amnesia, they introduced the, the lanterns, the tinderboxes or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have to keep your light full. This game doesn't really have anything like that. Uh, you just kind of hide and walk away from the monsters, and there's no like uh, cabinets to hide in or anything like that. You still manually open the doors, but it doesn't feel like there's a point for having that level of direct interaction because you don't, it doesn't do anything with it. It's not like you creak the door open to maybe if there's like a monster on the other side of a door, but there's no, I have to hide in this cabinet and barely peek open. Yeah. It just doesn't feel, I don't know. It doesn't feel as fleshed out as amnesia does in basically every way. Um, It feels significantly rougher too, which is not what I would have expected from, the sophomore outing of a of an indie who had huge success. It's not sophomore, but whatever. Yeah, I'm calling Amnesia like a turning point for them because it kind of was. I was surprised at how much of that game seemed to be borrowing from uh, the Aliens game, and maybe that's just because it was fresh in my mind. Oh yeah, yeah. But the, it, it, it borrows. Thing. It borrows like like the like doors are just randomly like locked by this like external device that like bars the doorway and then you have to like disable that and it just felt like that everything was like it, it felt like it borrowed a ton from aliens which is ironic because it kind of invented that genre and aliens kind of you know just made a game based off of amnesia's play style i think a lot of the stuff it had me doing in that those first couple areas were just very arbitrary yeah, it's like uh, it's okay. I'm getting the key and I'm putting it. It's just like getting the the PDA and sticking it physically into. I remember you getting frustrated thing. at that part. I, I was like, "Come on, can it be some cool science fiction kind of of thing?" Yeah, but no, you just physically and it's huge. It looks really dumb. It's like a huge slab, like a an iPad or something dumb. Um, and then I'm pretty sure I guessed the twist. It might be revealed earlier. Yeah, yeah, I but, read into it, and it was it said it was revealed not like at the beginning, but less than probably a third of the way through the game. Okay. So, then so maybe, that's not as predictable. Maybe as, the story does have something going for it. But yeah, I just don't care enough to play it to find yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was worried that that big twist was going to be, you know the the mystery behind the whole game when when it was like super predictable and super projected from the beginning like yep right. this is what's happening um but uh all right i've got more video games to talk about uh let's talk about them we promised we would talk about this last week undertale yeah uh i game. did you finish I, your genocide run i went back through and i started the genocide run and i got to undyne and i said nope fuck this I'm not playing this. Batty. Goodbye. Batty. And then and then the next day I was like, oh no, you know what? I can okay, do it. I promised good. I would do it. And then I died once and said, Nope. Fuck that. And so I watched a YouTube video of it. 
That is terrible. <laughs> you fucking it, suck. So here's the thing. You I have s- no right to talk I about this I established last now. week, I established last week that I don't like the the gameplay. Like the the whole dodging <laughs> stuff is not fun at all to me. And I love it. And making that ch- more challenging than it already is is just nightmarish to me. That's not except that's not even how the Undyne fight works. It's tough. He, she hits like I don't like know. eleven points every time, and there's the arrows thing. And I'm not used to using my right hand for the arrow keys and shit. It just none of that game clicks with me gameplay wise. Uh, I love that story. I love the music. I love everything else. The gameplay is not at all something that interests me, and I wasn't willing. And then and then like well, so the thing that, that sealed it for me was that everyone was like, "Oh, you're having trouble with this fight? Okay, well you're gonna have a lot more of it on." <laughs> yep. And I said, "Okay, I definitely want no part of this." Uh, well, let me. I'm not going to let it, that go unchallenged on the record. I love the gameplay of this game. Um, and a lot of people do. I know that I'm in, I am like a minority and I accept that. And it's, it's my fault, not the game. It's me, not, not you. That's, that's, that's established. <laughs> but okay. Um, the story, I really don't want to go into heavy spoilers, we but can. it's been out for long enough that I think most of okay, people. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's really unique uh it's probably the best meta story i've seen in a game or it it does something with a meta narrative that makes it a real meta narrative the story itself is meta but it's still relatable and interesting and isn't just pulling fourth wall breaks out of its ass to get a cheap laugh or a cool look at that moment Um, there's an actual story and you as a player are implicated in it not just as a character. Um, specifically, the genocide run does some very cool things. With I think it's by far the best content in the game is the genocide oh, yeah. run stuff. Uh, it, like by far, and that's that's why I was so disappointed that I like I get that this is the point, but it's so tedious to have to like stick around in an area and just run around and wait for the monsters to pop up for you to kill. It's repetitive. It, I I didn't enjoy that one bit. Obviously, I could, you're not supposed to enjoy it, I guess. But yeah, like, well, eh, I think that doesn't fly with me. I, no, I think that's I think that's part of the point, and not just I know. that. Not just that you're no, not just that you're not supposed to enjoy it. I think it's deliberately tedious. Uh, getting a genocide run is not as simple as as killing every monster that you encounter. You have to go out of your way to exhaust all of the live monsters in an area. And to kick off the genocide run, you have to do that at the very beginning. And there was a pretty dumb moment that locks you out of the genocide run that you mm-hmm. experienced. But yeah. you, ver- you very much have to be trying to do a genocide run. Yeah, I was just under the wrong impression of what a genocide run was. Like, I just figured I kill everything I come across. But it is not at all that. It is kill everything and more, way more. Um, so I, I, I get it. I understand why that's the case too. Cause you wouldn't want someone accidentally stumbling into the genocide run because it's so necessary right. that you've already done a, a normal run. But yeah, the, the genocide run story is, is really cool. And I think that it's probably the games. If you were to say that this game has any kind of like serious literary content, it's in the genocide run that it does something it has like a legitimate message or not message maybe, but there's value intellectually about stories and how you 
actually see characters in stories and you just naturally don't hold them in the same esteem as you would hold a real person yeah. that as much as you might like a character in a game and you could they could be your favorite character in a game ever but they're still fake you don't at some point they be they become a system to you and undertale it knows this and it reminds you of that so you get a very like cliche very anime kind of ending with the true pacifist yeah it's like gurren lagan like all your friends are here go you're determined uh save the day save everyone yeah and it's awesome and really cool but you undo all of it because you just want to see what else curiosity to do in the game Yeah. yeah and i really love the consequence of the genocide run that is it's great yeah so for the i guess you really should be have played Undertale if you're listening. To yeah, this right and now. you know, I'll I'll give um, a timestamp of like when on the recorded version, I'll give a timestamp of when we stop talking about spoilers, and I'll also tell the chat I'll type in spoilers over or something because I th- yeah. I think at least one person is muting it <laughs> for this yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> so after you finish your genocide run, uh, the player character who is uh, sorry, I'm kind of trying to figure out how to explain this anyway this horrible demon child he wakes up and he is going to erase the world and you get an option erase the world or don't but at that point it's basically out of your control that you were so evil that you awoke some cosmic horror just of completely unmitigated evil and uh it's overwhelmed you and the game and then when you launch it again it's just a black screen. No menu. You can't do anything at all. You have to wait for 10 minutes, and then finally he'll talk to you, and he'll you sell your soul to him to be able to play the game again. And it's kind of like, yeah, once you've... In another game, if you play the good ending and then go and play the bad ending just to see how horrible everything is for all the characters, you never forget what happens in the bad ending. This, though, bakes that in directly to the future story of the game if you ever choose to play the good ending again. That if you finish a good ending after a genocide run, then the kid possesses you at the end and kills everybody, and there's no happy ending possible anymore. I think that's really cool. That's... Yeah, the... the it's the, great. The best moments to me were when Flowey is is talking to you as exactly what you're doing. Saying, like... You just had to know what it would be like, or whatever. Like, like just saying exactly what you're doing, and and uh, and criticizing you for it. And then the other the other and, characters start to do that too. Yep. And, and Sans saying, "If you keep doing this, you're gonna have a bad time." <laughs> and that's that's been quoted all. It's like it's it's memetic now, but it's it's probably one of the best lines in the game because it's, <laughs> did it's you true. catch the the line that was. Uh, pointed directly at you yes, yes. as a shitter who yeah. is watching it on YouTube. It Some doesn't people would matter. be too weak to... <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter if you're just watching a genocide run. It still finds a way to implicate you by directly yep. referencing the... Yeah, it, the the person watching. It's like somebody's probably watching this right now. It's, it's great. <laughs> and yep. the sand stuff... So I, I, I just love talking about this, and I don't want to take up the whole podcast, but... Um, 
So there's a point when you fight Undyne, and she becomes the heroine. It says the true heroine has awoken. And at that point, it's like you're the villain in the story. But you become something like worse than that toward the end. That mm-hmm. by the end, even in the good endings, even when his soul gets absorbed by Flowey or whatever, Sans doesn't care because he knows that it can all just be reset. But now he has knowledge that you're an omniversal threat that you could corrupt any possible You're a player future. of a game. Yes. <laughs> and then God himself comes to stop you, the God in the machine, and then you kill him. <laughs> and it's just great. It's, it's, uh, there isn't anything like it in any other game. I think I might have, this is, this is, I, I'm not saying that this reaches anywhere near the levels that Undertale does, but I think I even mentioned it in another podcast like a long time ago uh, when talking about Morrowind, how there's, this is a mixture of fan theory and actual like in-game lore. Uh, it's an interpretation of in-game like religious scripts, basically. Um, not just religious scripts, but actual characters who have what seems like unlimited power. And it keeps referencing this thing called... Um, oh, shit. Now I can't remember what it is. Oh God! I'll, maybe I'll remember by the end of the podcast. But it references this concept of like reaching this godlike status of having unlimited power, and 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 it's this mysterious thing that uh, uh, that supposedly some people might have reached. And there's the theory that what it's referencing is basically the ability to be the player of a of the game to bring up the console. And you know you can kill someone instantly, or you can spawn objects in, et cetera, et cetera. And 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 that and that the writers were basically like writing in playing the game as an actual concept in the world. Which uh, I don't know if that was their intent intention, but just the the theory alone was so awesome. At at, at, at uh, when I first started reading about it, uh, such a clever idea, whether it's intentional or not. But Undertale goes that step further, where it's actually basically the the whole focus of that genocide story. Um, yeah. Like that was one of my thoughts when I was playing not not the Morrowind thing, but um when I was playing the true pacifist, I kinda thought this before I knew about Genocide One. Chim. Um, sorry, Chim. That's the theory. Thank you, JJF. What is, is there a significance to that name? it's just that's just what it's called in in Morrowind. It's just okay. like Chim is is this force. Okay. So when before I I really knew about the genocide run and what it entails, I I thought that the fourth wall breaking stuff was really cool and interesting and still probably better than most of it in most other games and maybe all of it in all other games because <laughs> it, it's funny. It's genuinely funny and yeah. interesting, cool when it happens. But it it makes an actual story out of it in the genocide run, which was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um. I, yeah, I, I don't even know what to do at this point. So, like, you can undo the the genocide run. You can go into your files and manually, like, delete them. And then you have to unsync your game from the Steam cloud to do it. Hmm. And I'm like, on the one hand, there's clearly supposed to be consequences to your genocide run. But I, at this point, I don't even know if I'd be breaking the rules because it feels like <laughs> something within the the system of the story that you know that if you really tried and le- I don't know 
Probably not. But well, ironically, I mean, if you want to, if you want to keep it within the the confines of the game, uh, I guess the irony would be that you still have this power to re- reset it all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, you literally can't keep the whole thing within the confines of the game program and what it allows you to do because sure. there are several points in the game where it closes and you're forced to relaunch it. Yeah. Like you to continue in the game, you must do something else besides have the game running and play it. So, I don't know. I and then I then I start to think like, well, what would even be the point of doing that? Cuz I do know what happens in the genocide run, and right. even if my save isn't tainted, my image of the game still is <laughs> not like ruined in that sense, but you know, just knowing that that's there and that it it knows, it feels like it knows that the fact, if yeah, I the clear fact the whole game's memory, if I clear the whole game's memory, I think it'll feel a little bit like Flowey, where it really will feel like you've done everything and killed everyone, and now you're just <laughs> you're playing listless. the game. Yeah, you're playing yeah. with it. Uh, it's it's awesome that that game has made you has made you think about those things and like feel that way about it. Like that's that's pretty significant. Uh, yeah, it that that's probably my biggest takeaway from it is that it it's a it has genuine content uh, with respect to how you see fictional things. Yeah, and how you think of them. Yeah, well, it's a great game. Great game. Yeah. If on the off chance you thought that you wouldn't care about having this spoiled, just go and play it. Yeah, and and I mean, spoiling it isn't going to ruin it or anything, but it 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 shouldn't it shouldn't. Yeah, be spoiled, it doesn't. But... It we talked about this a little bit. You said the surprises wouldn't ruin it, and at the moment I said they they would. I don't think it would have ruined it. Uh, I really enjoyed the surprises. I, I but, think the the real appreciation of that game yeah. comes from the examination after you're done with it, which which you know it, you you're looking at it as a whole rather than like the experience is great as you go through it, but that's not I don't think that's where the the really significant stuff comes from. It's 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 by examining the game after after finishing it. Um, so wow, <laughs> it's a, game, I, game of all time. It's probably easily my game of the year. Yeah. So far, I got to play Witcher Three, uh, which an update four just came there's out. There's no way Witcher Three will. <laughs> the way that you talk about Undertale, I can't even think how any game could. <laughs> but maybe that's just uh, your initial reactions. Maybe they'll start to wear off. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm typing to the chat that the Undertale spoilers are over. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, um, all right. This one is, more video game. Uh, before we get you to go video first. games, this is a okay. very very short thing. So you know that Guillermo del Toro story, the dream about him shooting me. Well, yes. Today's that day, October 9th, Guillermo del Toro's birthday, by the way. And uh, I found that out. <laughs> spooky. That spooked me. That's but, really spooky. Uh, yeah, but I'm still alive. I haven't been shot to death. But there were Day's two not school over. shootings today. Yay. The day isn't over, so there's still time. Yeah. Who knows Cross- where he is? Knock on wood. Guillermo watch. Uh, someone in chat, keep, keep us updated as to where Guillermo is. Use the internet. Use 4chan. Um, okay. All right. Video games. One last video game, if you can call it a video game. Uh, I, I talked last week about how Davy Weird Reedin, the creator of uh, of the Stanley Parable, had made another game called The Beginner's Guide, and it had an interesting concept of basically playing through some experimental 
games or game levels that uh, one of his supposed friends had made and trying to examine them and figure out yeah, what kind of person it was who built the, the levels and stuff. Um, really interesting concept. Did not enjoy the game at all. Uh, it's about an hour and a half. There's almost zero interaction at all. You just kind of walk through and listen to the narration. Uh, it's not comedic. I didn't expect it to be comedic. Uh, but I don't... So it's very personal. Like, very, very, very personal. Regardless of whether the story is... Regardless of how much truth there is to the story. Because, like, it's really... He's talking about this person who has built these levels. And you don't know if he's talking about himself or an actual friend or kind of... a. Uh, uh, twisted version of people he knows in real life or something like that you don't know he acts like it's real in the context of the game but it definitely isn't 100 percent true um but regardless this is a this is a deep um dive into the fucked up uh kind of like depression and and anxiety of of the creator of Stanley Parable and the Beginner's Guide, David Reed. It, it is a very personal thing. Uh, he goes deep, and and I think people who uh, you know suffer from depression and 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 or have had similar experience experiences as as he at least claims to have probably relate to it a lot better than I I can because I I've never you know I've never suffered from depression. I've never felt the kinds of things that he is talking about in this game. Uh, but to me, from from my perspective, I didn't get anything out of it really. It was just kind of bizarre, uh, and a, not a not a very good way. But a lot well, of people I, do. Speak I kind of want to play it now. It's it is fascinating. I don't play it. Don't buy it. Don't. You can buy it if you're just really impressed. But watch a watch a playthrough of it, and if okay. you're like if you're like holy shit, that's a great piece of art. You know, maybe maybe give them seven or eight dollars or however much. Uh, but it, it is not a game, and it's only like an hour and a half. I I just. I, I want to warn people not to buy it, to at least watch a video of it, and if you like it, maybe you can buy it out of compassion. Uh, but compassion, it will make it is it is fascinating. It is I do recommend to anyone to to maybe look up a video of it and just kind of see what there is to see about it because it's it is totally unique and it goes places. It goes fucking places. Um, okay, so that was interesting, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm interested at least. Yeah. Uh, but this is the last thing I'll say about Undertale. You said the Stanley Parable, so that reminded me uh, of how forgettable that game's <laughs> fourth wall breaking was. Sure. So it's nice that this sounds, if maybe not enjoyable, it sounds interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm glad that there are, you're probably not going to forget that game. No, I don't think I will. It's it, And I was almost tempted to play through it again, but like it's just not enjoyable. Like It's not actually like just on a very basic level and an enjoyable experience, but, but you get through it and, and it's, it's complicated enough. The concepts and stuff are very complicated. You feel like you need to kind of parse it out in your mind. And I never, I never gave it a chance to do that because again, I just, I didn't relate to it on any level really. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not for me, but, um, okay. Uh, the, the last thing that I have to talk about personally that I, that I did in the last week is I finally saw, uh, in theaters, The Martian, which is a book. I, I'm meaning to see that, so don't spoil. I won't spoil. I, ha- I started reading it, and then I stopped because I heard there's a movie coming up, and yeah. I wanted to see it. 
Uh, I know it, that's shitty, but it's not like no, a literary I, masterpiece. So it isn't at all. It's it is it is interesting. It is it is unique as a literary thing. Uh, kind of a running theme here. Uh, it, it it is it. I'm. It might be worth reading because it's a short read. It's an easy read, and it does things uh, conceptually that are that are kind of neat. Uh, that the movie doesn't go into at all. Uh, okay. I, he goes really deep into the math and the and the yeah, concept, like the physics I read, and stuff. I read like the first ten chapters or so. I okay. was borrowing my brother's copy. So you of got it. the idea. Yeah, I yeah. that that stuff is really cool. When yeah. he actually has to do the calculations, it makes it seem like he's not like an interstellar kind of space explorer. It's very he's, realistic. He's an, he feels like an astronaut who yeah. is very very knowledgeable about math and how to function in an emergency like he's probably had to consider some eventualities like this yeah. in the past and now he has to and he's got a lot of time that. to think about you know his course of action yeah. and stuff and so so he, i wonder how it's going to translate out. into a movie it's okay so i'll you know I'll, i won't spoil it this but broad I, strokes it uh it has to move very fast and so part of the point of the book is that it, it is a fast read but you know, it, it, you go quite a while before uh, he even makes any kind of contact with NASA or anything. And so in the movie, it all happens very quickly. And out of and like before you know it, he's like, I won't spoil it, but he's kind of making his final moves to, to try to save himself. And and it's like, holy shit, we're already here and, and everything's happening. And we're skipping a lot of stuff along the way. Huge parts of the book are just like narrowed down to like a five minute, like transitional kind of montage and stuff, uh, which, of course, it has to do that. There's a lot to get through and it's still yeah. a long movie, uh, even despite all those things. Um, but it's 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 it was good. I'd, I would recommend it. It's not, you know, it's not deep. It's not it's not you're not going to find any, any. I'm not looking for anything. Deep. Yeah, uh, but but. I am. There's no way you could you could translate to this this in a movie to to a movie in a way that would be very enjoyable. But the thing that I liked most about the book was that those deep dives onto the okay. how how the I physics and the math works. Um, so I, the movie doesn't really touch on that as much, and and so it it's nice to have the book as a context to what he's doing in the movie because I think if you're just watching the movie, you're going, oh yeah, that works, that works, and you're just okay. it, it doesn't. Yeah, I'll finish uh, that up. But it's cool. I think, I think they built a bunch of miniature sets to be the surface of Mars. It looks really, really good on Mars. Uh, it looks very real, and and it was really striking in some places where it's like, how did they do that? Because it doesn't look CG. Uh, and I I, I want to. I hope there's like a making of video, and there probably will be once it gets released on Blu-ray or whatever. But um, I bet I. I, I think they did some really interesting tricks there that I want to I want to I wanna find out about because it, it does it is a good looking movie. Um, that sounds because as shallow as it is, that's kind of what I'm in it for. I want to see some some really pretty visuals. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that one of the main appeals of the yeah, movie yeah, necessarily. Yeah, that's but not it my was, major draw, but but it surprised me. Uh, yeah, for, as as soon as I saw the cover of the book with that very orange, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I thought this could be a very visually interesting movie. Yeah, uh, and it's you know it's uh, it's Ridley Scott, so it's a well directed. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Ridley. People have been describing it as it's Ridley Scott's Apollo uh, Apollo Eleven or whatever. Um, so and now yeah, that's okay. that's kind of what it is. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm 
much more excited about it now than I was. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get my hopes up necessarily. It's not one of really Scott's best movies, but it's it's got some really Scott. You can tell it's a really Scott movie. Like the the tension is well done, where where you kind of get stressed out for him. Uh, that's one thing that that makes maybe reading the book a little bit disappointing is that like I was watching it with, with someone who didn't read the book and they were they were like kind of getting into it and stuff where i was kind of like well i already know what happens and so it it, it released mm. a little bit of the tension so i don't know it's it's i don't know i don't know whether to read the book or watch the movie first oh but odds are that i'll keep being swamped with shit i have to do <laughs> yeah uh and then i'll see the movie like next week before i finish the book go for it uh it's neat um so there you go oh god was there something else i wanted to mention about that I want to say there was, but I can't think of it. We can always go back to yeah. it. Yeah, um, it's so news time. Moving on to news. Welcome to the news desk. Push your shout. Um, God, that would be... Somebody already said this feels less intimate. This is just like a prototype of a layout. I want it to look nice, I but I also it. don't I want it to be shitty. So yeah, this isn't final, just so that you guys are aware. Uh, but yeah, it would be so shitty if we actually had that actual sound. Did we even mention that this was the that this was the last week of year oh. one? Oh yeah, uh, I think we said it was. I said it was the anniversary at the beginning, but um, yeah. So we're gonna be making it cooler and better next year or this new year that we're going into. It's been a year since we've been doing this, and even though it's not fifty-two episodes, there's been some delays. But I know because. I got the email saying that the site has to be renewed. So it's been a year. Happy birthday. Uh, and we're going to do season two, Push a Shout. It's exciting. And it'll be cool. I don't know what what all is actually going to change. but I wouldn't um, make any promises. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> it is going to be good. Put that good, on the box. Good stuff. Okay. Speaking of good stuff, I, I'm so like overbearing with these segues. Jesus Christ. Uh <laughs> Speaking of it's a good podcast. stuff, you gotta get the segues. Um, Phil Spencer, he's hinting that Xbox 360 games might be coming to PC. That is good stuff. It's, it's been, really good stuff. It's been what we've suspected since like E3, I think, was when they started kind of hinting at that. Yeah, uh, um, because they brought him to Xbox One, and then we kind of figured that they're unifying the Xbox platform. Windows and Xbox One are all Xbox, so. Um, what he said was, and the, I think the wording of how he hints at these things are important because when they're just rumors, it kind of matters what PR language they're choosing. It, it, that has an impact on how Definitely. likely or soon it's going to be. So what he says is, I would love to have the ability to play Xbox 360 on PC at some point too. So we have different things we have to think about when we plan these things. So it's still, it kind of seems... As it gets. I think it's not quite as vague as it gets. Uh, he, At he some point, it. I would the, love to have the ability. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the fact that he's put it on the table is a significant for a company that's that large. That's a, that's a big deal. Sure. Um, and he's not just like a nobody at the company, like a, a spokesperson threw it offhand. He's the president of that. Division, when, so. Yeah, when they talk about something, that means they're at least acting upon it in some way. Like it's definitely something happening, whether it's actually going to yeah. work out. Is, they're probably is the trying. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, probably at least true. But uh, yeah, that's exciting. I, I, there's so many, there's so many Xbox games, Xbox One and Xbox 360 games that 
I just don't want to get because I don't want to play a console. <laughs> so that that's I would love to play. I, I don't I don't think this is on PC. I'd like to play Viva Pinata. I missed out on Viva Pinata. And uh, oh yeah, I I remember those commercials. Yeah, Frank Kirkhope made the music for it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I remember so, that theme song on the on the commercials. Viva good, Pinata. good for Microsoft. I'm I'm really I've said this before. I'm really impressed with Microsoft recently. They're just they're doing a lot of good stuff. They're they're being they're being a good company right now. Did you did you see the? Uh, I I watched this edit. Um, it was I looked to posted it. It was just a YouTube video that I somehow got to, and The Verge made it, and it showed, you know, The Verge, the mm-hmm. terrible publication. Yes. Well, it was like the most overedited, like super intense dubstep music. Uh, but when I kind of filtered that out of the background and how they were editing it to look all like inspiring, and I think they might have they like linger on applause. They try to make it feel like this huge thing. It's very bad. I encourage mm-hmm. you to watch it because it's how not to summarize an event like this, but the actual event, it seems like they've hit their stride that I, I don't think it's ever going to be as iconic as the Apple keynotes, but I definitely enjoyed listening to um, the the presentations more than recent Apple keynotes. Yeah, I think recently Microsoft's kind of accepted that they're not Apple and they're not going to be like Apple. They're not going to be trendy. They're not going to be a name that people buy their products because of the name. Like, of course, it's just Microsoft. They've just been around forever. They're just a thing. Uh, And and I think they've accepted that when previously they were trying to be Apple and it was going badly for them because Apple Mm -hmm. already exists and everyone already loves it. Uh, Yeah, there was a, a lot that pointed to that kind of approach that they had kind of accepted... They, they showed weren't. up at the Apple keynote. Yeah, and when they were discussing, they introduced like a, a Microsoft smartwatch because everybody's got a smartwatch now. Yep. There's, it looks. If I had to buy one, which I will never do, <laughs> I would buy theirs because I think it makes sense to have like a long screen like that. It just right. seems to make more sense to me than like a square or a circle. Are they using but, an LED or is it going to be like I've seen versions that might have like a uh, the thing that like the old Kindles used to use where it's like battery saving. Uh, it's magnetic. No, it's, a screen. it's a screen with Gorilla Glass. I don't see it's why they don't do more. like the magnetic stuff that's black and white because like, they can't. They're not competitive if they do that. I guess. But seems um, like it, it would be a good idea. What was interesting to me is that when they were saying uh, which which devices and which operating systems and sorry, which phones it works with. They said iOS, Android, and importantly, Windows phone. So they mentioned iOS first. It's like they're, they've kind of accepted mm-hmm. where they fit into the market. And it, it, it was a very confident presentation. There was a guy who is very likable, um, a, a noted change from a lot of, the people that they've had speak in the past, but <laughs> yeah. he he was just like very direct and exciting, and um, he was announcing cool features like this is our new thing. You guys complained that the trackpad was too small, so we made it larger. Uh, we've got this cool thing that'll let you do HDMI from your phone, and you can. It, oh yeah, this accessory it'll also work with the old tablet that you got, so you're you're all set there. He was very engaging. And I don't know. I'm probably not going to buy a tablet 
or a smartwatch anytime <laughs> soon. But if I had to, I would probably consider Microsoft first. Yeah, I, I just thought for a while there that Microsoft was was maybe not doomed as a company, but they were just going in such a terrible direction. It, that it, it literally has been since Steve Ballmer stepped down. Yeah. Yeah, and Once, maybe that's maybe that's partially a coincidence, but who knows? I, I very they, much doubt it. That was probably, I think it's at least clearly a symptom a of their of their yeah of their changing attitude. Uh, all right, Dark, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls 3. Three. Okay, this kind of ties in with PS4 news too. But I guess we can just say PS4 price drop fifty dollars. Cool. Um, PlayStation Four PS Plus subscribers will get to play Dark Souls Three. Uh, next week whoa really yeah um tuesday the 13th anybody with a playstation plus account is going to get to participate in the uh the stress test the network stress test which they call it a network stress test they don't call it an alpha or a beta which i appreciate um but it's you get to play the game you get to play a small portion of the game it's basically a demo with network features yeah so I'm really excited. I, I hadn't heard of this, and I just found out about it a few minutes before we started. Yeah, so me either. You can preload it right now, and you well, can you can launch it, and it doesn't work. But you can accept the end user license agreement and try to get into the menu. Like it's you can get it on your system right now. It might be time to buy a PS4 because they just dropped the price from what was it? It dropped the price three ninety nine. So from yeah, from four hundred to three fifty. Uh, so, damn, PlayStation, get yeah. one. <laughs> I I I it is almost time for me to get a PlayStation. Probably. God, I I don't like playing consoles. I just want everything to be here yeah, on my yeah. my my battle station. Well, that because I'm at college and there's no fucking room for anything, and yeah. I, I want to be able to play my video games whenever I want and not share a TV. I've got them all running into my monitors here so yeah even though I could it's kind of that, a, even though it's all kind of a hassle i can just play it like playing any other game right here so that's convenient and cool yeah. but obviously i'm going to get the game on pc when it comes out i heard rumors and they seem to be maybe translation problems or unfounded that that the pc version is going to be 30 fps and I very much hope that's not true. I would be surprised because I, if Dark it Souls is, 2 was native 60 FPS support. If it is 30, it's going to be another thing where, like, within eight hours, someone has a 60 FPS patch that you can download. Actually, because it's been months since I checked this FPS thing. So I'll check again while I'm checking. Uh Talk about something else. <laughs> All right. Sag Good strike. transition. The sag strike. <laughs> yeah, uh, at fluid segue. Yeah. We mentioned this last week, too. Uh, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTA. I don't remember what AFTA stands for. Uh, they, uh, they were voting whether they should have the authority to strike in their negotiations against several large game publishers uh, regarding voice actor stuff. Uh, and overwhelmingly uh their members have have voted to strike uh, not not necessarily to strike but to have the ability to strike in the negotiations um which it was like 90 something percent which was a little surprising to me because i personally i think it's i think their demands their demands are reasonable up to the point where they ask for uh royalties or uh uh what do you call them uh rev sales 
Yeah, they they want they want God, it's like eight hundred dollars per two million units or something like that of any game that they work on. Which, if you're you know, two million units is a lot. It's a lot of units, bucks. and 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 eight hundred doesn't seem like a lot of money, but that's if you're a main voice actor and you maybe you put a lot of lines in the game. But like, what if it's like a game like The Witcher or something where you might have like two hundred voice it's actors? It's going to be everybody in the union. If you hire one voice actor from the union, you're in the union. You're you you have to hire within the union. Period. And so that's it, insane. That's just going to like it doesn't make any sense. So one of the biggest problems with games that use lots of voice actors besides you know recognizing the same voices is that it raises the cost of doing any story related yep. thing that you can't have tons and tons of gripping dialogue and cool stories because you have to have you have to pay somebody mm-hmm. to say all of those words and uh, all this is going to do is raise the cost of that yeah i mean if troy baker wants you know some money per but even even then, even if it's a major voice actor, the thing you have to consider is, are the voice actors replaceable? Or are they something that people are buying units because of the voice actor? Like, is, is Troy Baker or Nolan North, are they driving sales of the game and therefore should receive extra money based on how much the game sells? And I don't think... That's I don't a very think, good point. I can't think of any... Like, Kiefer Sutherland, maybe... But he's not. I don't. He's not like part he, of the. He doesn't, he doesn't even, voice a lot or anything. That was like uh, well, a one time. The funny thing is, though, he's part of the Screen Actors Guild. So, so there you go. He, he, that would apply uh, to but him. But guess what? They'd have to. They'd have to do that for every other voice actor they have in that yep. game, which is probably quite a lot. Um, Thank you, boss. He yeah, eight hundred bucks every and, time. Yeah, that guy gets. No matter how, if he had did a one one session in one day, he would get you know up to like three thousand dollars or something like that, which is insane. That is, I, that's nutty. Um, is that and I just. Think that's just I, on the table. That's one of the things that they want going into it. It's a it. demand. And so, you know, obviously you always oversell your demands. Uh, but uh, they uh, that that seems completely unreasonable. And, and I, 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 I've done my research, and I'm pretty sure that, that is, I have those facts correct. But it seems so outrageous that I don't know for sure. Uh, but it, I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's, how, it, that's how it is. Uh, but the the real thing about the real crazy thing about striking is that with most games, and I mean probably the large majority of games, they're probably going to be able to find totally competent voice acting outside of the Screen Actors Guild just fine. Um, uh, plenty of games use a lot of their own like programmers and stuff to voice things. If it's just simple one line stuff that you know it's 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 almost a throwaway thing, they're going to just pay very little. For those lines, and they're not going to want to union get in, get involved with the union and all that crap. And so, if their union's striking, I yeah. see a, I I see a lot of push against that. That's I just don't I don't see that going the union's way at all. It yeah. seems crazy to me. I want yeah I want to revisit that point you made that are they driving sales? I almost definitely not. Yeah, I can't think of a single game that I would have not bought if. Of some of the voice actors in it weren't there. If I, I mean, heard, you could, uh, all all I really need is competent voice acting. Sometimes great voice acting can elevate it, but a lot of times the one, the games with really really uniquely memorable voice acting, they they get relative unknowns. Like the vanishing of Ethan Carter, mm-hmm. um, the Prospero voice. I hadn't heard him really in any other game before. Um, 
a lot of the i mean maybe people would be upset about master chief and <laughs> yeah, sure things well, like that's, that that's part of the thing it's like existing mario games mario there you go that that's the thing that maybe the maybe the strike could affect is you know if we're talking about existing games that have voice actors that are in the union and they're trying to strike that's going to push things like ea and you know these major publishers that have franchises going that would probably be a big leverage uh that i didn't really think about before but but for the most part you know i i don't want to downplay the talent that's required to be a good voice actor uh but for the most part in most cases for games voice actors are kind of replaceable because all yeah. you all you usually need is competency you don't need a fantastic voice actor you just need to get the lines across it needs to be better than uh soma <laughs> but yeah the vanishing of ethan carter it just needs to be competent and 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 even then sometimes you find someone who who is surprisingly good and who wasn't really trained for it so i i just uh that's that's weird and scary to me um and uh oh god there was something else that i was going to mention uh oh yeah valve their oh. voice acting is consistently fantastic yeah. uh that that's very true and um, uh and and that those some of those games i would say I'm kind of a Valve, or I at least was kind of a Valve fanboy, and so I would buy any of their games. But you know, like Portal Two, and it had uh, Stephen Merchant and stuff, and and then like the Team Fortress game, like you you know that Valve is putting out like these games that that are so well made, and voice acting is part of that well made product. Yeah. I, I still wouldn't say that that drives the sales, though. You know, that's as close as it gets, and and that's not very close. So, yeah. Yep. Um. So to go back to Dark Souls 3, because I just learned a couple of new things. Uh, you can't get it anymore. You can't download it. Ooh. But um, nobody really knows what the deal is right now. Um, <laughs> so what I heard... Okay, this kind of sounds disappointing. Um, it's not clear whether it was a mistake or if they just intentionally opened up for only a limited time i wish that i had downloaded it before we started now mm. um but uh anyway you can't get it now but nobody really knows if it'll open back up on the 16th or 13th or whenever it is um so that's that and i also found out that there's basically no word at all about 60 fps uh, but yeah, they they just really haven't talked about the PC version at all. They just kind of ambushed a guy in one of the closed door interviews, and then he he just said like kind of waved the hand and said thirty, and then said don't ask about it. So they probably don't really know. It, I I think it'd be very strange if they released Dark Souls three. For they PC don't have the best games. track record for PC releases. Namco does now. I mean, they're still gonna publish it. Yeah, but. I just wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect the. I, I what I would expect is that those that any missing features would be added. You know, pretty soon after any necessary stuff like sixty FPS could be added by the the player base, and maybe that's yeah. what they rely on now. Maybe they're like, well, we know someone's just going to make a patch in eight hours. It's still just insane to me that they don't have someone internal that could do that to spend a day, spend one day going in there and making it sixty FPS. I mean, I know there's some complicated stuff in there, but. Yeah, whatever. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, did you see? Did you, way to turn your phone on silent. Actually, no, that that uh, happened. I don't. Skippy, I don't know if mine's on silent. Skippy, I didn't. I didn't turn my phone on silent. It just made a noise. You clearly heard it. Anyway, Far Cry Primal. 
Uh, did you did you see the announcement it's stream? Before for we this? talk about the actual game in the stream, it's finally happened. They dropped the numbers from the names. It's over. Fuck it. What? Anyway, well, you know, you, th- this always happens. Oh, oh they'll they'll drop oh. the numbers because the numbers get too high. Yeah, and they can't put the numbers on there anymore because they could. Say, they didn't oh, make it. They'll say, five. "Oh, Far Cry Five. Oh, that sounds stupid." Or usually, like four. Fast and Furious that. Seven. Like, no, they're. This is where they've decided to get off that that train. I'm not sure a number would really apply here anyway because it's such a drastic shift, or it appears to be such a drastic shift it's, from what they. I think that's bullshit. I think it's not. It's coming out a year or two years after Far Cry. One year. I'm talking probably, about like two. okay, but but like we're talking about no Setting. guns, no vehicles. Yeah, you know, they're it's... still gonna be this all the same animals, and they'll look slightly more prehistoric. And you'll be going. Somebody wrote a kind of funny thing. I kind of lost it. Um, I wish I could find it again. But it was basically, oh, make sure to sneak into the tribal camp without setting off the war drums. And they were just <laughs> describing all of the. Uh, make sure you look at two hundred cave paintings so that yeah. you can increase the I, size that, of your quiver. Yeah. Like there's gonna be, it's gonna be the same game, but prehistoric. And I on I'm a basic level, yeah. I don't care anymore. I thought it could be fun. Uh, I never got Far Cry 4, but goddamn, if they tried to do Far Cry 5 and it was basically like the exact same thing again, uh, that would have been... They know they know that that would have been uh, pushing it way too far. Um, I, who knows? I found it. I found this, it. Could be, this could be a bigger difference. I found it. Uduk, climb that tall tree and scout the area. Kill 10 prehistoric rhinos to increase your quiver size. Invade the enemy village without sounding any war drums. Discover 200k paintings. Save your people and overthrow Morduk, the charming but crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I bet you do climb trees or something to reveal reveal the map. Uh, I predicted that before I even knew it was a Far Cry game because it was a Ubisoft game. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm at least glad that they're, they're trying something different there. Uh, it'll be interesting. I guess... No, I guess this is coming out really soon, though. Uh, it was a late announcement, but I was going to say it would be interesting if this competed against Horizons or whatever Zero Dawn. Oh, there's no way it would be. I think they're trying blown to, away. Yeah. Uh, well, but maybe knows? maybe we've entered the prehistoric era of of video games. We went from World War II to future to zombies to what? You mi- you missed the whole modern combat well, yeah okay that's what i meant like modern and then future and then zombies or zombies all scattered throughout there i guess and and now you've got i mean there's other like arc or whatever the survival game that's dinosaurs and shit and uh pretty popular apparently yeah except Oop. horizon is so unique looking the design like the cybernetic animals it, it looks that, awesome that's amazing i cannot fucking wait also speaking of uh speaking of i guess uh, uh, whatchamacallum no the developer uh, CD oh. Project. They, they're not the developer I guess but it's going to be the same a, a lot, lot of the same, same people, people. Uh, they, they've started talking a little bit about Cyberpunk 2077 uh, which is going to be project, CD, CD Project's new, next game and they're saying it's going to be way bigger than like The Witcher 3 was like in terms of scale and 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 amount of dialogue and all sorts of stuff, uh, I'm I, I that's probably going to be awesome. I'm I'm really looking forward to. And I still I still need to play Witcher three. Yep. I need to finish Witcher two. Yep. I do all that. All right. Uh, 
Destiny? Do we really minor. want to talk about Destiny? Eh, just a minor minor news bit because I do think it's kind of interesting. They've they've added uh, microtransactions into the game where you can buy like I guess gestures and dances and stuff. Or they're planning to add them into the game. Probably the most striking thing about that is that they weren't in there already. It seems like well, exactly you can dance. the kind of game that would have that. No, you can dance. They, like Right now, if you have the expansion, I think there's like two different dances for each class or something. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Not the dancing. You could dance uh, from the you're beginning. You're talking about microtransactions? Uh, yeah. It seemed like this game... Like, we, we even talked about the model that they had to raise money. That mm-hmm. They had a $60 price tag, and then the expansion cost a lot. And they're... For a game that relies on a, I'm not going to say small, but core, basically unshakable community of nerds and fucking horrible degenerates that are ruining Bungie, uh, (laughs) they could get so much money by just squeezing them. And I'm I'm surprised it took them this long. It is prime microtransaction territory. yeah, I, 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 what I'll be interested in is to see if this... This So they've added a whole new currency to make this happen. And uh, then their excuse is that it's it's doesn't affect the game or anything, really. Uh, not the game play, but, but it, it just gives you gestures. But I'm wondering if, if it's a slippery slope case. Uh, we'll see. We will see. I will say that I'm not sure Destiny was built from the beginning to have microtransactions. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Battlefront is built from the beginning to have microtransactions, I think. Uh, the way that uh, the way that you unlock abilities and stuff in Battlefront just feels very like, buy 500 points and get a card or whatever that you can use to... I don't know, there's just... It uses a card system to unlock... Like if, did you ever play Titanfall? I played it once... Do you remember that there were cards that you could care. like deploy or whatever? If you... Nope. Well, there I are. Didn't and care. Other games do this too. They, it's just become a thing. Like cards, you can use cards to get abilities or whatever. And that is just like that has microtransaction written all over it. Um, so I, I, I fully expect Battlefront will go in that direction. But anyway, uh, oh yeah. Speaking of microtransactions, um, did you hear about the Konami and and the FOB insurance? Yes. <laughs> You can buy insurance uh, for your FOB so that when someone steals your stuff, you get to keep it. Uh, completely negating any amount of actual consequences to the multiplayer uh, of that game, which people don't seem to like anyway. Because uh, Yeah, but it could have been good. Oh, yeah. Well, we were excited for it in concept. Yeah. and I guess, just... I guess if you're still tasteless enough to be enjoying it, then fuck you. Pay for it. <laughs> pay, pay for some insurance. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't launched that game in weeks now. Not that that. Not that the game doesn't rule, but you know, no point really. Uh, Metal Gear Online. Hopefully that'll be good. But expect microtransactions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the way of the world. Yay, Konami. Uh, I thought that was. I thought that was so ridiculous. Um, anyway, not much to say about that. That isn't incredibly obvious. Uh, this last bit. Is just something that I was watching right before we came on live. Uh, that was fucking hilarious, and that everyone needs to look this up. It is the uh, promotional video for the Umbrella Corpse game, which is the Resident Evil. I guess they're trying to build it as like an esports competitive shooter oh, game. Oh man! Uh, this promotional video is about five minutes long and features commentary 
commentary from the developer team. Uh, and it's heavily scripted. <laughs> you need to watch it. It is really bad. It is not. It doesn't reach the cringy levels of the Star Citizen FPS promotional video uh, that included crowd reactions. At least this one doesn't have fanboy reactions in the background. But wow, uh, you need to watch it. <laughs> it is something I will. else. I, I really love. The, uh, those videos, videos like that, are my guilty pleasure. Yep. When, uh, like Ubisoft, right? Did oh, Ubisoft loves like to do that. Videos. Yep. Yep. So, oh God. But speaking of Star Citizen, this could be our last news item. But have you heard about the leaks from people who were working on Star Citizen? Oh. Oh it's yes, yes, yes. That whole debacle. so funny. That whole debacle uh, was yeah. It's totally we always crazy. knew. Oh, From it was game day game one, we knew. Yeah, it was it, at the end of the day. It's all game related, <laughs> but it's like these are the funniest testimonies for the development process. I think could have been like they even say this was about making digital ships to sell and not about making a game. Um, I couldn't take it. It was by this is an actual quote. I couldn't take it. It was by far the most toxic environment I have ever worked in. These aren't all the same source, by the way. There are like five or four distinct confidential sources. I think there were seven that 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 were uh, kind of at least slightly credible, but two, uh, two of those weren't. Seven that were uh, confirmed, two of them were anonymous, though, I think. Uh, and, and the other five were like 100% definitely previous members on the development team. It, it, that whole situation is fucked, man. There's so much. Uh, just the, the actual, like... The actual situation uh, surrounding the article being written. Um, there's like a war right now going on between people who, I guess, think that there was a game. They're a cult. They're delusional. Well, yeah. But it's not just – I don't think it's just people who bought in. Uh, there's people who think that because the writer of the article has come out in support of Gamergate – they think that this is whole. Oh, this I didn't know a, that. They I think didn't that, hear that. They think that this is a Gamergate thing. Conspiracy? Yes. That's so funny. I, I don't know. This I, got so much funnier blew my just mind. with that one detail. So there's a journalist with GameSpot named uh, Danny O'Dwyer, and I saw him tweeting about it and just talking about how uh, bad the article was. And I was thinking, like, well, I didn't see anything wrong with the article. And, and so I asked him, like, well, I don't know what was wrong with it. And then he said, well, there was a queer uh, – there's a queer – bias going on there and i said well what bias i don't really understand where you're coming from and he said well if you don't know what bias that, that article it was written from then I, you know you're not even worth speaking to and uh and great, so i was like what the argument. hell is going on here and then i started looking deeper and i realized he's talking about gamergate that's the uh, thing that like <laughs> it's clearly not in there i you and me know a lot about gamergate unfortunately more than the average bear more than i'd like and to so if there really was like Gamergate political conspiracies, or even just like a touch of it, I I wouldn't notice. I there are I read like, the whole thing, and there's I didn't get that sense. I mean, yeah. it was a clear example of holding a company to the fire, but and that's within it's Gamergate's it's like a, it's a hit ethos, piece, but I guess is what you could call I it. I don't think uh, it's a hit piece. I think I don't know. It's, 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 when they start it's too about, well sourced to be a hit. But piece, they started when they. I think when they threw in the racism claims and shit like that, it kind of kind of crossed sources. the line a little bit. They do they have, have multiple, multiple sources. sources corroborating the racism, but they all are ex employees. So 
Yeah. I don't know. Here's some, let's just, here's some quotes. These are great quotes. Um, we aren't hiring her. We aren't hiring a black girl. <laughs> Sandy Gardner, allegedly. Another thing allegedly Sandy Gardner did, uh, Sandy Gardner would write emails with so much profanity. She would call people stupid, retard, faggot, accuse men of not having balls. <laughs> the, uh, like what, what context? Well, the thing about this is like, at first, that stuff seems totally ridiculous and, and unsubstantiated. Like, there's no way. But you uh, read it. Did you read? Well, did you read yeah, the response? I did. I did. Response from Robert the, Space Industries. That was what struck me. Is yeah, he, pages and pages. Really long. Covering rant. ass. It's a rant. It's yeah. not like an official statement. It is a fucking. Oh, it's rant. an official statement. It was issued by the <laughs> legal a, department. It is official, uh, but it is. And I was so oof. glad it's to personal. see the escapists. They the escapists made two edits. And they um, included some some of the response by uh, by the Star Citizen guy, whatever his fucking name is. Um, and but they stood by their coverage. That's one of the things at yeah, the top of the article. RSI threatened to sue them, yeah. and, uh, and they said nope. <laughs> well, uh, they didn't. We I don't think they the said coverage. anything really. They just kind of called them on the bluff, and then and then Robert Space Industries went silent. Obviously, because uh, obviously they're not going to sue them. Like they would have to go public with so much shit. That they don't definitely don't want to go public with like financial information that I'm sure would be damning. That would be <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so, wow, it's it is a debacle. Uh, it is it is very fun to watch uh, that whole thing. Jesus Christ, I I just I continue to be amazed at at the things that those that the fans of that game are saying and believing. It is truly a religious fanaticism yep. level of of just faith in in the company it is for no faith. with no That's a good word for it with zero evidence to, to back it up i mean it is religious these these two little snippets i think encapsulate what we've known about star citizen for months or years even i don't know how long this has been going on you've known about it before me yeah uh, from confidential source four quote it wasn't about making a game. It was about a flashy demo for Gamescom or PAX or the next commercial. A lot of people would be like, where's the game? When is this <laughs> going to turn into a game? That's Oh, that's, no, that's a new source. It was all about making pretty spaceships and brochures and commercials and hiring big-name Hollywood actors to do voiceovers. We were never working on a game. <laughs> End quote. But that's I mean and and that's yeah. so funny. But not surprising because you look at like you look at like the FPS module and what that was going to be and how far along they seemed to claim they were and they showed video of it and everything and then they kind of just Check your six and then they kind of just shuttered it and they said like uh we're we're reworking that and now they're making claims i mean like as as recently as a couple of weeks ago they came out and i think made claims about how it is going to be seamless from you can be on a on a on a planet get in your spaceship uh, fly up into space and interact with other players in your spaceship and get out of your spaceship in space and then fly to another planet and get out of your spaceship and that's going to be seamless and loading screen free and all that but they but while they're talking about that stuff they're talking about modules which would imply that there's yep. n- not at all a seamless nature to any of it. it we've talked about it it is unbelievable it is insane and i can't which, wait for it to to just it explode if it ever comes out, it could just disappear. I, I, think, I don't think it's going to explode. I think it's going to fizzle. It's going to fizzle out. It's going to be. They're going to come out with something that resembles a game that and is sort of. And some people will 
pretend that they like it. Exactly. And and it'll just die and nobody'll talk about it ever again. Uh but that I kinda that's kinda why I respect the No Man's Sky dude. Whatever his name is. Oh, I love that. Oh, by the way, that's another thing I should have added on the news. He was on Colbert. Yeah, I and mean, it was a really awesome little. Like he's just he he's such a yeah. genuine dude. I and love to. I love to. Well, hear the one thing talk about it. One Stephen Colbert makes no secret of the fact that he's a nerdy guy. He's obsessed yeah. with Tolkien, and I I was very surprised to see a video game developer on a show like that being asked like actual questions about the game and like some respect showed it was a good put into it it's like the polar opposite of conan's clueless gamer like "Ah, what's this what am i i I, I like conan stuff it's funny but it's not at all informative or anything uh yeah uh stephen colbert showed the guy respect and that was that was great and but back to this he he it, he makes lots of these big promises, and you know it's it's one of those games where you explore huge things, procedural generate the uh, whole universe. But he's not, and then you'll have a fully featured FPS thing, and then there will be a fully featured like it still feels like it's a manageable scope for yeah. a game, and what you see is kind of what you get, and maybe it'll get boring, but it it looks cool, and it's not it's not I don't feel lied to ever in these no man's sky things yeah it's weird because you you get you get way more backlash about no man's sky and its potential for being an actual thing uh, uh, that's uh, that is is what it's promised to be uh you get way more backlash about that than you than i see with uh with uh star citizen even though to me from the beginning, uh, you know, No Man's Sky has never promised to be anything more than a procedurally generated space exploration game, and and people are just like, well, it's just it's just too much, it's too big. He's promising way more than is possible. You're, you're, you shouldn't be excited for this game. It's 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 not going to be what it's promised to be. It's not promising to be much at all. And then people were saying like, well, gameplay hasn't been shown, but you know, it's it's about exploration. And yeah, the thing is though. He's been, like, especially recently when he's just been saying, I don't know what this planet is going to be. I haven't been here and vetted this. This is just a procedurally generated place. And sometimes things look kind of goofy, but you're like, okay, that... This is a game you can play it. Yeah, it's it looks really neat. I'm I I've been looking forward to that. God, I remember when that game was first shown at the VGAs or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was the only good thing on that entire show. It was like this yep. shining beacon of hope in this in this quagmire. Of, and that was in the worst year of video games quagmire. of the world. That was like that was like the 2014 just disaster that was the video game yep. releases at that time. And then suddenly, No Man's Sky just like. Hey, you know, 2015 might be all right, or whenever 2016, whatever it's whenever it's going to be. Um, so, God, that's an awesome. You should look up that Conan interview, or not Conan, fucking Colbert interview. <laughs> hey, what's the? What am I? I'm gonna fuck that, huh? Just she's a pretty lady. Spot on, there. spot on Conan impression right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I, it, it's really cool to see him. Not only like is he given a proper interview and everything, but like he was on the guest chair, like because like other. Like you said, Conan is one of them, but Fallon I think has done some video game segments too. And but it's like they, they it's all like, feel come like come over here and play this game on the screen, and yeah, it's just yeah. a little segment that they do. And this was like, no, this is like this is a featured proper. guest of the show. Yeah, it's just cool. like Donald Trump himself. 
So. so now we know that No Man's Sky is a Donald Trump-approved product, and this has been pushed to shout. Somehow Thank Trump you. always makes its way in. He has to. Yeah. I mean, you got to give the POTUS the respect. <laughs> the future listening. POTUS. Um, yeah, season two. It'll be, it'll be funny if this is like um, that season four of South Park. Remember that? Where they... Oh. So, they called it okay. They called it South Park 2000. It was back when everything was called 2000. Yeah, because it was the year century. 2000. So they called all of their episodes like the name of the episode 2000, like Barbara Streisand, whatever 2000. And yeah, <laughs> and the the intro was just ridiculous. Like all this over the top CGI like profiles of the characters spinning that. around yeah. and wire it was frame. like yeah yeah the wire it's like stuff. it's like they're graduating now to from third grade to fourth grade and everything <laughs> yeah, is different yeah, yeah. but it's literally the same show except name i don't think it'll be like that uh you know just more more effort um i don't know about effort it's not gonna be a try hard <laughs> show but yeah uh it'll like it'll i said be no fun. promises no promises it'll, it'll be, be it'll be good that's all we're promising so yeah thanks for tuning in Goodbye. Bye, everyone.